I wanted to make pictures that felt natural, that felt like seeing, that didn't feel like taking something in the world and making a piece of art out of it. A photograph has edges, the world does not. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And we have with us fellow Unusual Collective member and host of the podcast AIC Stories, our friend David Swiduck. Hey. Dave, hi. How's it going? It's been a it's while. It's going. Yeah, it's been a while. Um. Oh, I forgot to say the episode number. Yeah, what number is this? I don't know what number this is. I think it's 146. Okay. It's 146. Yeah. For the, for the uh, end of October. But anyway, thanks, Dave, for joining. Oh, Lord my pleasure. I, I think yeah. I was on last, if I remember right, it might have been like episode 99 or something. Really? It was a, it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Quite a while ago. I you weren't on episode that. 100? I don't think so. Well, maybe if you did a maybe. big group one. I think we did, yeah. Yeah, it might have been around there, but yeah, I, I was I updating remember. something on a website the other day, and I, I remember seeing it pop up, and I remember it was around that area, 99, 100, somewhere. Wow, so. okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been too long. No, that, that, that's how it goes, man. You guys have been yeah. killing it. I've been, I, I, I kind of tease you guys in our Discord chat that I think you like my uh, my older brother photography mentors, not to make a, a age joke or nothing, but... <laughs> I, I'm the younger weirdo in the group that, but I learned so much from you guys. I, I just, I, I can't, can't stop smiling every time I listen to you guys every single episode. So, well, thanks. It, it, but if you listen to this one, will you smile because you're on it? And <laughs> of that, course, I mean, how does that work? <laughs> I mean, I have a bazillion podcast projects. I obviously love my voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not, not really, but I will still, because I know you guys are going to, fill me with some knowledge i wasn't aware of so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it i was kind of hoping you could fill me with some knowledge mm. that i wasn't aware of well we'll see what happens <laughs> <We'll> see. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well we um uh we asked you to to come on um and because uh how did this work out we um who could word who, who Posted the shore the shore video the Stephen Shore video first mm. the link to I don't was it me? remember was it I think you was it? did yeah. I did I think so. so I found okay I can't remember now who it is but we found this um, uh, video of the photographer Stephen Shore um, talking about um, his like and Ward help me with this because my brain is his approach his thought process around around or or yeah or his state of mind when he's when he's creating his work when he's so creating his work right and and he was talking in um the way of saying he wanted to make pictures in the way that like how he described how people write people write differently than the way they speak right and right. there's a more formal stilted way of writing uh compared to to the way we speak to each other and he was talking about wanting to create photographs in the way we spoke rather than in the way we wrote. Is that kind of correct? Is that yeah, fair? I think, Wait a yeah, I think so. Yeah. And um, actually, when I see Stephen Shore's work, uh, I think of your work, David. Mm. Uh, stuff you've been showing from uh, that you're shooting in your neck of the woods. <laughs> uh, well, I'm and, flattered. I, I just go out and have fun and, and experiment. But I know when you, you've said that before and I kind of seriously blew my mind, I was like, Whoa, I've, <laughs> I've never really <laughs> had someone say something like that about my work. So do you think cool. that, do you think that sure it could be an influence for you? You know, maybe I, if, if he is, it's kind of an unconscious influence. I think I have looked at a lot of his work over the years. Some of it, I mean, when you look at his work in the was it was it American Surfaces? Was that what it's called? That that yeah, early, early series, 70s. yeah. Mm -hmm. When he's taking yeah. pictures of like toilets and and everything else, that that was his goal. Was you know every person he came across, every everything he came in contact with, he photographed. 
some of that is really cool. Some of it, I'm just like, what in the world? That, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't get what it. Someone you know, seeing that, yeah. Kind of like an Eggleston in in that sense, where you look at it and you're like, mm, I, I don't quite see what they're going for here. But I I, I just usually assume I'm just kind of dumb and and <laughs> don't get it. But uh, some of it, though, I, I really click with and really enjoy. I think a lot of it that clicks the most might be his. What is the book you have, Antonio? Uncommon places. Yeah, un- uncommon places. Yeah, because that's a lot of these, you know, streets and small towns, and some of them are bigger places too. But that's where I live is this real uh, rural communities, and that's what I see aside from when I'm out in nature, and it's just kind of where my eye goes naturally. Mm-hmm. So, it very much could be a kind of a background influence that I wasn't really. Uh, really aware of or consciously trying to emulate or anything like that but yeah certainly someone that's been around for in the in the how do you put it the the photo dna um they they've yeah. been he, he's been around floating around for me for for quite a while as someone that's come up and i've really in, enjoyed by and large so this this is the first time i saw this video uh with him talking and this and we'll put a link in the show notes to the to the series of videos from uh the museum of modern art mm-hmm. uh following around and and this show wasn't meant to be a deep dive into shore and actually i want to mm-hmm. parentheses that like we want to do a deep dive in shore into shore uh a little you know, later in time mm-hmm. um but the uh the quote that he said somehow resonated with me or some it sparked something, you know, and we were talking on discord about this or just like, this should be something we should discuss mm-hmm. about maybe how it relates to our own work. And even like talking to the rest of the audience about like, how, how does that affect their work? How can it, how can it affect their work? How, how can you use this um, to, to create pictures, this idea of photography um, shot in a way that's that's a, akin to uh, the way we speak or the way we write, and and how does that translate in our work? So I, I wanted to sort of hash those the those ideas out with you guys. Um, well, first of all, for me, is sort of like maybe we should define. Um, maybe it's a real abstraction. What does it mean to take pictures as if you're speaking instead of writing? So we're going to say that. Things are a little bit less formal. Things are a little bit more snapshotty. Things are a little bit more, a little, a little more casual if you're shooting mm-hmm. uh, in this method. Um, the thing with Sh- Stephen Shore is, is he shot? Didn't he shoot view cameras almost exclusively? Right. Well, I know later, after a certain point. I mean, yeah, later, I, before, like before, yeah. kind of before and after, and he and in the eighties or whatever, seventies and eighties, yeah. he did carry around a thirty-five millimeter. Yeah, um, yeah, but the works that are in the books that we're looking at, at least the uncommon places and American surfaces in this work, these are with large cameras, are they not? Well, I think American surfaces was thirty-five. Okay, if I if I recall, just because he was traveling, but it was shortly after that he realized. If I if I'm getting this right, and like I said, we're not not going to do the deep dive, but yeah. he, he wanted to get something more for, for some reason, I can't remember what it was. He talks about it in one of those videos, why he made that switch to the view camera and shooting off the tripod and everything else. He just really enjoyed it. So he started doing that, but really like in, in the book, I've got the, the, I think it's the one that's the book from the, his MoMA exhibit. He shoots with everything. I mean, the, what are the cameras you guys would know? I don't know the technical original term, but this is a stereoscope where it's like the, two images side by side of the same thing, you know, kind of almost mm-hmm. not 3D, yeah. but he's shooting with that stuff. He's shooting with, I mean, there's photos in there from real old process cameras to his iPhone, you know, because his Instagram, he went wild. You know, I think he his Instagram approach to me was something that was fun where he said where he, he approached it as taking fun seriously. And I thought, well, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of like cool, that. you know. And in his Instagram, I have to admit, after seeing his works in the in the books, I was looking at his Instagram, going, "What is this? This isn't a. This guy can't be the guy shooting these pictures because they looked very iPhone snapshotty." But mm-hmm. once you start looking deeper, you start seeing what he was looking at, you know. And so it's kind of a, an interesting thing. But he's got a. I mean, he was pals with Warhol. Yeah. So he's got this kind of different approach to everything. And 
to me, it's just so refreshing that he's not giving you the standard. I mean, Ward, you, you've got a quote we were talking about earlier uh, about it being a little lofty, especially the age range, as he claims. But he's yeah. got this way of that that's not just the typical photographer speak, I guess, in some ways. In other ways, he's very much arty, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. We definitely feel something, especially after you're going through some of the, the, these books, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, "Oh, I, I kind of get it now." And it's 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 funny because just in the quote that you've got here, uh, Antonio, and another one that um, he says here, I wanted to make pictures that felt natural, that felt like seeing, that didn't feel like I was taking something in the world and making a piece of art out of it. And I think Dave, you provided that quote for us. Um, it's funny because that's not the way I think. Um, no. I mean, I'm not going to – maybe that's why my pictures aren't as good as Stephen Schoenberg's. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a whole well, bunch of reasons why well, they're not. But well, okay. But okay. I like to – I think of my subject as a source material for this thing I'm going to create that's supposed to stand yeah. by itself. It's not necessarily supposed to represent me standing there. Like I was shooting – one of the reasons why I don't like landscape so much is if you really like – being in the in the in the great outdoors and enjoying the beautiful mountain vistas that we enjoy here in Western Canada, just go there. I'm not going to be able to provide a picture that's going to give any kind of, you know, any kind of um, facsimile of that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's 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 too high a mountain to climb. I guess whatever. Well, um, you know the lens work podcast with with Brooks, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he had a, I, I don't know, it was a little ways back. I'm way behind, so I'm kind of just jumping through randomly. Um, but he talked about something, I just thought of it now when you mentioned the landscape, was landscape photography is a weird beast because you're trying to take these massive vistas and sh- miniaturize them, shrink them down into this little thing, and it, it never, on the just by nature of what it is, it will never, ever translate. There's no way to capture the grandness of, of nature in a miniature version. So it's, it's interesting compared to a lot of the stuff you see, like from shore, especially with his view camera work, he is, I mean, what you're seeing is what your eye is going to see, you know, mm-hmm. the way he's framing mm-hmm. it. And so it's, it's kind of an interesting thing, but I don't know. Landscape and he does it. I mean, yeah. with equipment that is not for snapshots, he is creating a formal snapshot, like right, and there's wonderful detail in those images, like so, so pour over yeah. it, like you are standing there. Yeah, like yeah. it so does go, provide the experience of that. Dive into that phrase a little bit. When you say a formal snapshot, that's almost that's almost like you know, we're we were mixing the the phrases together mm-hmm. um, from uh, writing and speaking. You know, mm-hmm. formal snapshots. It's, it's a combination of both of those. So, I mean, yeah. expand on that a little bit like, like even how would you think about what a formal snapshot is you know well he's setting up his view camera in this you know the cars are parked in this the this little parking area there's buildings to the side it's a pleasing composition the camera's not too high it's not too low it's not smeary like you know like your grandmother's you know instamatic or whatever it's a very technically uh produced is the wrong word, technically correct, technically competent image of what could be considered a snapshot subject. Yeah. So instead of having it being a trivial vernacular thing that you might find in a shoebox under your mom's bed, you have this thing that's produced in, you know, eight by 10, eight inches by 10 inches in a book. And it's arresting. You stop. You're looking at this and you're mm-hmm. picking out the cars that you recognize. You're looking at the quality of the pavement. You're doing some of the things where it's like all good art is greater than the sum of the parts. It's like it pulls mm-hmm. it out of you where if you're looking at the snapshot you found in the shoebox, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, no, I remember that. So is um, it is it is an image like that the a spoken word or a written word if we were going to use uh, what we were talking about at the beginning? Well, it's ah, see? both. <laughs> well, it's both. It's a paradox of 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 what he said and of the work that he produces. I'm sure. Like I, I don't know what else to say. I think that's <laughs> that's just what 
you know, the feeling <laughs> like you, it, you know, I was say, saying before we, we hit record that, you know, that oh, I, you know, I was going to be devil's advocate in all of this because I, I, I don't think the way that he does, not to that, again, not that I'm going to create images that are anything close to his, but uh, I might disagree with them, but all of us have these big, thick, Stephen Shore books in our library, so <laughs> yeah, right. we we are we are contributing to his lifestyle, which is mm -hmm. fine. And there's a reason for that part, and part of it is we're learning about a different way to create images that can only help us, you know, help fill backfill some of the knowledge that we have as photographers in our own. Mm. I mean, you think of you know who buys photo books, right? Well, photographers probably buy more photo books mm -hmm. than coffee table stuff that you might see on some playboy's coffee table somewhere yeah. um you know and so uh I, I you know i really appreciate that aspect of, but his approach is very interesting because it's not the lofty artistic oh yes and i created this you know it was a beautiful morning and blah 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 he doesn't ever get into those stories mm -hmm. he's just you know he's there he set it up he's I don't know if it's um, self-deprecation or whatever, or it's a way for himself to stay grounded. He produces work. It could be all or nothing, but it, all or none of it. But um, the mm -hmm. images that he creates, I think, are quite unique. And uh, there's nobody else really like him that I can think of. His earlier work certainly smacked of, of Evans and that sort of thing. And he mm -hmm. moved through there in the, you know, kind of almost like the, the black and white documentary from... yeah. The late 50s, Robert Frank mm -hmm. and, and, and all of those. And then he really, you know, with uh, American Surfaces that, you know, after he finished at Dandy Warhol's factory and he moved on and started in color, then it really, it really caught fire, I think, as mm -hmm. far as I'm concerned, produced this work and this paradoxical thinking that we're, mm -hmm. we're talking about tonight. So, Well, I think, and I don't know this, I haven't dug deep enough on him. But I wonder, because some of that earlier color work w after the factory and, and when he was, maybe the earlier parts of that American Surfaces project, I do pick up like those Eggleston vibes in there as well a little bit and mm -hmm. some of those types of photographers. But then you almost wonder when he kind of made this decision to say, well, I want to photograph how we really see things or how, um, I know in the video he uses an example, what is it, a... Uh, it's a drinking fountain maybe and it's it's in this little alcove and i mean it's not perspective corrected it, it's nothing it, you know bad angles everything else but it's how we would see it if we were walking by it and to me i almost i almost feel like in some ways i'm i'm wondering if that's where he started to really find his voice his vision mm. and, and you know when when you were talking antonio about the how how is it worded the formal what was it, a formal spoken word? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> it, to me, it reminds me of you get that, that kid fresh out of college with some fancy degree, and everybody they talk to, they kind of have this air about them, like they need to show people how smart they are. You know, mm -hmm. where I've got to <laughs> use these big words, and I've got I've to talk to you so you know I'm smart. And over time, they realize, no, I just am smart. I don't need to tell people about it. Let me be more conversational because my knowledge, my skill, whatever it is, will just come through naturally. And that's kind of the, to me, how I took that quote was he went from being the real strict formal, I'm a lawyer now and I just passed the bar. So here's all these lawyer terms into right. just right. a very, you know, visually intelligent guy that's just going to talk to you like another person. So. Okay, we we got a lot of shore in here, but I want to see how it relates to the work that we're doing. Uh, and Dave, the reason why I you you popped in my mind mainly literally <laughs> in a sense because surprise, um, <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Well, I, I guess I made all the links for um, in my my brain about the kind of work that you're doing that that I've seen. Mm -hmm. um, the, the more you know the location stuff that you're doing and that you are actually in the, sort of the process of, of doing writing your, your podcast is mm. about writers 
mm-hmm. and the written word, and you spend a lot of time doing that. And I, like, I wanted to make some connection between what Shore said about that and your photography and, and our photography as well. Like, mm-hmm. I want I want to sort of hash that out, but I wanted I wanted you to sort of start it out. And I don't know if there's a connection between what you're interested in, in your and what you're doing with with writing mm-hmm. and and your photography. So I thought maybe you might be able to well somehow make a connection that I could start to yeah. link to or Ward could link to, and I, I just sort of wanted you to play it out in your head on mm-hmm. the show with us. And, right, and, and there could be nothing. I don't know. You know, doesn't matter. Right, but I. I I guess I, it's not something I've, how would I put it? I, I don't think I've given it a ton of thought in terms of how can I connect these two things, the writing and the photography, but I've always enjoyed both things. I, I shouldn't say always. I mean, for many years now, I've been shooting for, I don't know, it's been a decade or a couple decades now, but, mm-hmm. and I've been writing since high school on and off. And in just in the last few years, I've just started doing more and more of both. And a lot of that came early on in the form of blog posts and photography, creativity-related stuff, and then moved into the world of fiction and everything else. But yeah, it's it's interesting because I remember when you shared that video in our Discord, my first thought was kind of, you know, it's interesting because when you're writing, I know at least when I'm writing, I want it to read the same way that I speak because... I'm not a formal person. I'm I'm very casual <laughs> and and I that's just it feels the most natural to me. And I don't know that it's a conscious decision on the uh, photography side of things, but I think when I shoot the stuff that you're referring to, you know that that's giving you these thoughts in terms of my work and and Stephen Shore and whatever else, it's all stuff where I've been able to kind of check out I'm not thinking hard about it. I see something that looks interesting and I just explore it. Mm-hmm. And in, in a lot of ways, I think that's probably what's happening is is much like when I write, I'm trying to show something the same way I would tell somebody about it, you know, if I was talking to them. And in for better or worse, I'm a very casual, non-formal, non, I don't, I don't want to say non-technical, but I'm not someone that's going to be real art speak, you know, I guess is a good way to put it. And yeah, I, I'm yeah. just a, I'm just a straight shooter. You get what you get. And and I think that that's kind of, I don't know, over time, I think it bleeds through. And once you stop thinking about it, that stuff just starts to move through what you're creating, whatever it is, writing, photography, you know, painting. I don't know. I don't paint, but you know, whatever it is, music, whatnot. Well, what, um, when you th- when you think that you're photographing naturally, just showing things off, what um, what does that mean in terms of like like you said, you see something and you just want to record it, and it would because you want to show somebody, the rest of us, what you're seeing. Um, and I'm having a hard time formulating the question because <laughs> I, I have the concept in my brain, I can't put words to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. Maybe Ward, you can read my mind on this one. Uh, nope. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm thinking, um, you yeah, know, I, I mentioned because... in the last one, I know I mentioned in the last show about uh, Ralph Gibson's point of departure. Right. Uh-huh. Right. I have a yeah. kind of, I try to have a mindset uh, before I go out and shoot. If I'm going to go on a photo walk, mm. I have an idea where the photo, like in this town, I have an idea of what I'm going to see, and it's like, well, here are pictures, you know, and it's a very quick, a little quick, you know, mental, you know, mental notes of, okay, I, sh- I shot up at the buildings last time, and I was boring, and uh, I got to shoot down in the street. Uh, are there going to be many people this time of the this time of the day? Maybe I'll be on the eye out to see if I should whatever. We're going to go down back alleys. I'll sort of take a bunch of mental notes of where I think they're going to there's going to be interesting subjects. Uh-huh. So there's that. Um, if I'm just going out and just happen to have the camera with me, which actually, frankly, never really happens. Um, really? I won't no. be. No, no, no. I mean, situations where I, oh, I, yeah. I find myself, you know, just out there with a camera. I mean, I always have it, I always have it nearby, mm-hmm. but, um, 
you know, if I have the camera with me, there's almost always an intent to shoot something. Um, and then having that mindset, it's not, it's not, um, it's not just cold discovery most of the time. Hmm. Oh, I'm all of the time, frankly. We're um, opposites, so, Ward. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Polar opposite. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't have shore and I don't have you now, Dave. Damn it. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> I just mean. Antonio, I, save me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all I mean is I, when I leave, in, in part, I have two considerations I make. Do I want to shoot nature with no people, with no influence from man because i have an abundance of wildlife where i'm at you know like you probably more so because I'm, I'm in a very far yeah. northern corner of minnesota where five minutes out of town you can go for miles and not see a house so my only consideration do i want nature or do i want something in town at that point i mean obviously i know the area as well all these small towns and I know if I want certain types of things, I can find it, but I never think about that. For me, I, I whenever I leave the house, I bring a camera with me all the time to work, everywhere I go. And it's it's literally just driving around, walking around, whatever it is, and saying, oh, hey, look at that. You know, It's very much the cold exploration, like you said, just waiting to see what pops up, what life throws at me. And even though it's stuff I've seen a bazillion times, I never have a plan going into anything, which probably is that sloppy, casual nature I referred to <laughs> that bleeds it's through not my that, but you, But you have this visual weight in your brain that you're watching, you're looking when you're out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. always looking. I, I think, yeah, from that side, I, I'm always aware and, and trying to be, which is mm -hmm. kind of something I think in these videos with Stephen Shore, something he talks about is you're you're kind of training yourself and enforcing yourself to really just constantly be aware of, of your surroundings. And for me, it's not out of a fear of danger. You know, in some mm -hmm. places you have shady parts of town or whatever, bigger cities where you got to be aware of that. I never walk around anywhere where I live and worry about my safety. And I'm fortunate for that because of the, the A, I'm a bigger dude and, and I <laughs> conceal carry and, and I just don't worry about it. But for me, it's more of the the discovery and and you know just being aware of oh look this this old building here that sign is different from last time I went by or oh they changed this or look that storefront's a little different or what what really gets me and maybe it sounds depressing but lately what I find myself for the last probably year or two maybe more even now that I look back through some of my older photos is I seem really drawn to these. Uh, small town scenes and these little side streets where there's a kind of a feeling of not depression, but loneliness, um, emptiness a little bit, but yet you're seeing the little, you know, the houses in these small towns, the trees lining the street. I mean, if there's fog game on, I, <laughs> I'm all yeah. for it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. it just adds to that feeling of kind of somberness a little bit more, looking inward withdrawn a little bit in and, and i think that's when i'm out shooting or doing anything a lot of times that's where i'm at naturally is those are my times to i'm a big introvert in in real life and i get exhausted because my day job has me working with people and when i get a chance to just go out with my camera it's it's total recharge time and i think mm -hmm. because of that that's maybe why I'm drawn. I'm just kind of thinking through this I'm, as I talk here, but maybe that's why I'm drawn to these kinds of mm. more melancholy type scenes. But you know, as you're saying that, Dave, sorry, it just yeah, yeah. Um, popped in my mind that the kind of thing that you're talking about sounds like, you know, Shore is talking about the spoken word and the written word, but like what kind of w written word would you be doing in your shots? Hmm. And suddenly something popped in my mind, like a journal. Yeah. Like we write in a journal a lot differently than we write if we were presenting written words to somebody else, right? Or we speak in our heads. This is another thing I just thought of. The voice in our heads, whatever good, bad, crazy voice which, that is. Which one? Is, yeah. <laughs> 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 but, but that voice which is us ultimately, um, is a lot different than the voice that 
comes out of our mouth, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I'm just taking this little, I don't know where I'm going with this, but in the sense that like when you're, when you're describing the kind of photographs you're taking or what you do when you go to take pictures, that it's a, it's a written word or a spoken voice, but that's inside your head. That's different than you present to the world. Yeah. Is that making any sense or mm. like, am I going down some sort of weird road here? No, I, I think late it, night <laughs> meanderings of my COVID brain. Or that's, that's where I live all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. And I think that's pretty accurate because for myself personally, without getting all psychoanalysis on myself mm-hmm. or whatever, I think there's a lot of truth to that, to what you're saying, because in my day-to-day life, I have to put on, it's not that I'm fake and, and not genuine or, you know, not like I'm dishonest or anything like that, but I do have to make an effort to be an outgoing, you know, song and dance for my day job kind of a, a situation. Uh-huh. And that's not my head. You know, that's not that voice in my head. It's not how I write in my journals. It's not how I write on my websites or even the podcast with those. I, I tend to find myself much more like we are right now, you know, talking how things sound in my head. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that's jumbled and disorganized, but it is what it is. I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. Ian. Uh, like, mm-hmm. like you said, it just popped in your head and now it's kind of rattling around mine at the same time. But <laughs> As you were talking, I'm thinking about my photography and, and, and Ward, you're talking, you talk about going out with a plan or you sound very well, methodical loose, in some way. There's some a loose, notes. loose, yeah. loose methods, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe loose methodical. And I'm like, okay, so what do I do? You know, I carry, like David, I carry my camera around all the time. Although I haven't been recently, um, with my new job, I'm finding that a lot more difficult. Actually, I'm photographing with my iPhone a lot, but mm-hmm. That's fine. That's valid. I, That's good. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, but I used to, you know, but when, well, just as a side note, when I used to, my other job, I would carry my camera with me all the time. And even when I was in this, the, the television studio, I had my camera wrapped around my back because it didn't interfere with what I was doing, you know, right. and it just became part of me. Uh, and, you know, if a shot came up even in the studio and I had a chance, I would shoot it. But mm-hmm. um, this one is not offering me the same kind of opportunities. Yes, I shoot with my iPhone because it's easier to carry. But anyway, um, so yeah, I haven't been shooting lately, but but I I carry the camera with me all the time when I'm when I'm able to. And I I have no thoughts about, you know, what's coming up or what I'm gonna do or who I'm gonna see or what what is in front of me. It's just, you know, okay, here's this light, here's this I'm in this area with people and, and then I'm, and then I'm taking pictures and then I'm sort of forgetting about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I'm wondering if that's kind of how my thought process is like thinking the little voice in my head or the, if I was writing in a journal, which I don't. And, you know, I always wondered, um, if that's something I should start doing again, uh, writing in a journal. You're, you're nodding your head. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it. So, okay. why? Why? You know, I, as all of us, as kids, you, you get the diary. And then you kind of get out of it because that's kid stuff. And I'll tell you what, for the last couple years now, on and off, fits and starts, I've I've made an effort to write in journals just daily. And then mm-hmm. you fall off and then you get back to it. But it's been a solid, I suppose, year and a half, two years where I can't say I do it necessarily daily, but literally in my camera bag, I have three different journals. That one really? is, yeah, mm-hmm. one is like a little small pocket size book, um, like an idea book for short notes, mm-hmm. quotes, things like that. I have one that I carry that is like when I have a little time to sit down over a lunch break or whatever, where it's my personal stuff, you know, stuff I'm going through, you know, family stuff, whatever it is, that's, that's what goes mm-hmm. in there. And then I, I actually have another one that is nothing more than just, uh, you know, podcast related ideas stories, um, review topic, stuff like that. And I, I have those with me all the time cause I'm always doing something, but the act of writing this stuff down, no matter how you do it, 
it just does something in your brain where it engages things. And I think it honestly helps me notice things as I'm walking around, mm. you know, photographing because mm-hmm. you're, you're forcing yourself to really start examining your day, how you're feeling, you know, what, what, what's impacting you on so many levels. And when you, when you put pen to paper to do that or on your phone, you know, digitally, how, you know, computer, however you want to do it, you're taking that, it's an exercise in, in making you really engage those parts of your brain that most of us don't do otherwise. You know, we, we get home from work, flip on the TV or Netflix or whatever else, chill out for a while and zone out before doing it all over the next day. But when you take that time to, to really examine it, it really unlocks something in the way you even think. You just start, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but it, it hmm. that's the only way I can explain it. Is it really just feels like something unlocks and things flow easier. And, and it's like a, a self-awareness of, yeah. Well, so you're using it to tap into your creativity. Probably. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways. I mean, some days are whiny diary type stuff in there where eh, my job annoyed me today, you know, whatever it is. We, <laughs> yeah. But, but that stuff's valuable too, because once you write it down, more often than not, it's out of here in your head and it's uh-huh. on a page somewhere it's gone and it's not clogging up your your right. thought process. Right. There's real value in that. I mean, you can find tons of studies on it and people talk about it all the time, but whether you do it daily or weekly or whatever works, I, I think sitting down to write makes a huge impact on every other creative endeavor you pursue. I mean, whether it's photography, music, whatever. Yeah, it, it just I, actually, helps. sorry, but since no. I started the new job, and like I said, uh, I might have said this prior to hitting record, as you said, Ward. Um, but it's not something I'm used to, like working a nine to five job. But I recently started thinking like, I wonder if I should start a journal, you know, or, or something and, and, and get back into that, uh, just to do exactly what you're saying, um, Dave, to be able to have some other outlet of creativity. Mm -hmm. And as you were talking, I was wondering like, what, what, could you possibly do a photographic journal? Mm-hmm. Like, can you combine this idea of your, um, your, the voice in your head, which is longing to be put down on a piece of paper in a journal, uh, but how to do that photographically. And this is me sort of weaving back to, you know, the shore quote and what mm-hmm. I thought the show would work as, but, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, is that, also just blowing smoke out of no. a, a dark spot. <laughs> you know where I think you find that working exceptionally well is, how do I put it? it, it it's kind of a two-part process where you're keeping track of those thoughts and ideas mm-hmm. and you're shooting, making your photographs. And we have this place, uh, it's called the Unusual Collective Photography. <laughs> And those oh, kinds of I things didn't... make for some excellent photo essays. I mean, I'm just saying. Okay. But they are, in all joking aside, a lot of the a lot of the the blog posts I do on my own site and stuff I've written for our group and everything else. That's where it stems from. It, it's a little mm. idea, a nugget of something that I might jot down in passing one day, and then it, it gnaws at me. And three weeks later, it's like I want to I want to expand on that a little bit more and. Hey, I've got some photos that kind of, yeah, they kind of click together. They work, and and you start tying the visual with the the written word, and and it all works together. Hmm. That's a nice way. I like the way you brought that. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I didn't want, I didn't want to say. Comedians hey. call that a callback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was saying we should have some. Damn, we don't have any advertising on our site. We can get some clicks. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, as you were saying that, I, I started thinking that uh, I remember the article I put up was really mm-hmm. even not related to pictures that I was creating, but pictures that I had created already. In other words, going back and right. finding the voice yeah. and the images and sort of coalescing them into a into at least one idea. I mean, not that all my pictures that I, you know I shoot are always related to you know, uh, walking in Walker Evans shoes, like one of the articles was, or, or, or as you said, more to, um, Walker-esque contemplation, was it? Yeah. 
that thing. Evans-esque. Yeah. Evans-esque. Sorry, yeah. Um, and thinking, you know, I, I can have multiple reasons why I take a picture. If I look at a building in a certain way and the light is in a certain way, and I photograph it because I enjoyed it, and then come back to it later and find in my mind, you know, a connection uh, that's from, you know, uh, well, it reminds me of like why I like Bernice Abbott or why I'm, you know, th there was something about walking around in New York as a kid. You know, they've multiple different um, uh, sort of multiple brains going on in that in that photograph. But mm -hmm. anyway, you know. Well, what do you think about that too much? But you remember the 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 post over on the site that you put up the I see and I remember that you had shared here on, right, on right. this show. That one to me is very much in this in this space to me, kind of you know finding a way to communicate the the words and the the visuals together. That journal esque approach, you know. So that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. I mean, you've done it. It's there. It's just getting in the practice of doing it. That's the <laughs> the trick now how that relates to Stephen shore you got me <laughs> but but we find ourselves here so we're here yeah yeah is what it is i think i have one project i wrote a um i wrote a blog post on my photography site rosin.ca in my blog where i talked about my wife and i were from the same uh, high school class and we went back for our 35th um, uh, anniversary of uh, graduation. And I was taking pictures at the same time that same weekend. And um, there was some poignancy in it because two weeks after, one of our classmates had passed away. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going back to my hometown two weeks later to attend his funeral. Um, and there were pictures that were taken at the same time while all this was going on. And so they were kind of a backdrop to the writing, to the little essay that I wrote. Mm -hmm. And it it was, in that way, it was kind of a chronological thing. Okay, this, all this stuff happened at the same time. These pictures were shot during that time. I like that. I like that grounding. And in fact, mm -hmm. in the in the essay, I talk about, because it's my hometown, I'm looking through the same scenes through my 10-year-old eyes when I discovered mm -hmm. photography and my current. Uh, and I've said before that, you know, I whenever I try to create work, I'm trying to impress my ten inner ten year old. I love See, that. Ward, little Ward, this is the way you should shoot this <laughs> particular subject, right? And so I find that very grounding and and mm -hmm. a motivation. Who am I taking these pictures for? Well, if I'm not taking them for the the visceral, creative, immediate uh, artist in me for right now, I can teach this ten year old. Uh, who was taking his first whatever or twelve year old who was just starting up his dark room. Here's what you've been trying to do all along. Mm, um, I like that. And I like that and I like that time travel aspect too. I always talk about that all the time. Um but yeah, you, when you're talking about the journaling thing, it's really making me think like there are different ways you can approach it. And yeah. I'm kinda of backward I'm, I'm I'm sort of in I'm going on the other way where you're you you I think Dave you're kind of expressing that you do the writing first and then the photography fits. It, it depends. I, I think when it comes to stuff I'm going to write in terms of like a blog post or an essay, usually what happens there is I've written in my journal constantly. So maybe I'll, I'll look through and I'll get an idea and oh yeah, or an idea will just stick in my head and then I'll put it down. Usually uh, I'll be looking at photos I've made recently and they'll just kind of stick and an idea will pop in and I'll write about it. And I think that only happens because I'm forcing myself to write on a regular basis. Okay. So when I see, you know, see a, a group of photos, sometimes an idea just clicks for me and it's like, oh, I can talk about this or, you know, I wanted to, right. I got something to say about this. So it's, it's not necessarily that I'm writing something out and then going to look for, oh, what photos have I taken in the past 10 years that'll match this? It's, it's usually never that. But it is a lot of times ideas I've written maybe a week or two prior nuggets of them in a journal or something, and I take that and expand hmm. on it. So, Right. So it's similar to my hometown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally steal your idea of impressing the 10-year-old self because <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love fine. that idea. Yeah. That time travel aspect, That's it, it's kind of blowing my mind right now. I really, really dig that idea. How, how would you actually go about that practically? Like what? What, what would you, like, how do you impress that 10-year-old? Like, what's the... Well, well, because 
Oh, are you talking to Dave or me or either or, either you guys? Yeah. I'm, you're both. You're both. Go yeah. go ahead, Ward. This um, is your idea. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm asking, I seem I'm, to do it. I seem to do it more. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> asking. I'm asking because like if it's something I'd like to try. Yeah. You know what? Because I actually don't know what you guys are talking about in some sense. But like, if you wanted to tell me, you wanted to instruct me, because it sounds like a really good exercise. There's something in that that sounds useful. Well, I look back at my negatives and the frustrations I had learning the craft. Mm -hmm. There, so, and even when I was a teenager, I said this is a lot of well-meaning, finely crafted garbage. <laughs> like I didn't have. I had these books I were reading, and I couldn't put together what I was seeing in these really cool books versus what I was creating. I was so stuck in the, oh, I get to load the film. I used to buy film in bulk, right? Oh, mm -hmm. I get to roll the film. I get to shoot the film. I get to develop the film. I get to print it. And, oh, there's dust all over this. And there's, <laughs> oh, i got to solve this problem. i got to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. And then after five or seven years, by the time I graduated high school, um, I was pretty competent. Now I was a darkroom person, but I was not a creative photographer by any means. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I moved to, moved here to Calgary and I had a kitchen, um, dark room and I got started up and then I became a little bit more of a creative guy, but I, you know, truthfully, I should have got a dark room job in the eighties the when they were still available. Cause I think I really would have enjoyed that. So I became a good printer. I thought I was a good craftsman. But still, I'm not much of a creative guy. Mm -hmm. And and then got married and all that kind of stuff. And then basically put photography away for, wow, just about 20 years while we were raising wow. kids. Yeah. And then um, and then the company photo club started up. And then, oh, my God. And all came rushing back. And then Lightroom. And then, wow, this is so easy. Like I would always say, you know, the contrast slider is a, uh, is a whole Friday night, you know, in the old days. <laughs> um, so when I'm trying to, uh, when I'm trying to impress the 10 year old, um, I'll take an, another example of, of, uh, of doing something to my younger self. Um, Farrah Fawcett was in town. She was doing a, some really awful, whatever movie of the week, Hallmark, whatever thing. It was one of her last projects before she passed away. Mm. And she was in town and they were shooting at our building when I was, uh, this would have been like 2000, my goodness, I can't remember, 2003, 2002. And they were shooting and apparently there, I could hear some noise. We were on like the 10th floor or something. We could hear noise that she had arrived. So I just ran down and kind of stood in the doorway outside the shot. They were actually shooting and I saw Farrah Fawcett on the street. I used to have the McBroom poster. Was on uh, my shared a bedroom with my brother. That poster and the McBroom poster, the one piece red, you know, that we all know, um, was hung up. And, and now I'm like, here she is, and kind of she kind of looked like an East Texas PTA mom, but that was fine. <laughs> she, it was it was Farrah Fawcett. Oh my God, she was like right. 50 feet away from me. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling, I'm trying to calm my 12 year old, my inner 12 year old, 13 year old, like. That's her. You never thought that you would ever see her except in a poster. It doesn't matter that okay. she's older yeah. or whatever. It was like, right, right. this is the person. So I am, I'm, you know, feeding that, that, that inner 12 year old, that 10 year old. Um, so, and, and it's, it's the same. It's sort of, you know, who are you, who are you do, who's this creative, where are you putting this creative energy to, mm -hmm. to, to what end? Yeah. I mean, uh, and Brooks Jensen talks about it too, where he says, who, who's going to look after your archive when you pass? Like, mm. do people really care? There'll be some, you know, your, your keepers will may, maybe be in a folder, you know, uh, and there'll be, you know, physical prints. And there are guys that say, oh, print everything because you never know, you know, you want to have an archive laying there. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. If you're a big shot, you know, artistic guy who's, whose work hangs in galleries and all this provenance and stuff will be auctioned off, you know, long after you're gone, we'll find whatever. I don't care about that, but mm -hmm. I am, we are driven to create this work and who are we creating it for? We're, 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 you know, obsessed at times. Mm -hmm. And for me, that motivation is that kid who saw those books, who started that dark room. And I'm like, I'm still, 
I'm looking back, you know, it's funny when I'm shooting and it's funny. We were talking about the, the verbal and the writing and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about not doing the art speak, Dave. Um, yeah. I'm fine with a little bit of art speak and, and the, the use of art criticism language or terminology or jargon to help compartmentalize the different photographers and different artists that we track. Mm, that's so, a good point. you know, you know, when, when, um, Antonio was trying to think of a photographer's name in the last show was sort of like, Oh, the backlit thing with the signs and the color and look, like Ernst has, you <laughs> <Right>. know, like <laughs> you, 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 you know, you, you, you kind of need a little bit of that codification. Yeah. Particularly when we're, co- you know, book collectors like us, you know, and, um, so there's that, there's that, uh, that's that part. When I'm out shooting, it's the nuts and bolts of first, the little bit of five minutes of technical, like, okay, I'm going to shutter speed. I said, oh, okay, ready to go. And then you don't think about that when you're shooting. And for me, the act of shooting is completely nonverbal. Like if mm. we're doing a photo walk and you're chatting at me, I will like be quiet. <laughs> <You> know, just, <laughs> we're in the zone, just silence. Um, I, I've heard you say that before. So it's a, I, I don't want to interrupt, but I, I'm no, just no, curious on that point. Are you the type of person when you're shooting? Can you listen to music? Yes, stuff like that. Okay. Oh, mu- music is a constant in my life. It's a back. Mm-hmm. It's a soundtrack. That's fine. That's that's um, it's it's switching the energy from from verbal to visual. Yeah, gotcha. it's sort of okay. like um, uh, when I get um, when I have well-meaning friends talk about uh, when they're looking at my picture and I get comments like oh, i really like the way the line this horizontal line goes across and it it makes reference and is in scale to the different proportions of this <laughs> corner and that quite really i just can't I stop <laughs> <laughs> this is where i say you know if you like it or you don't i don't yeah. i i know what i shot and what i was thinking had nothing to do with anything you're saying and you're not helping me yeah. or yourself even really do you like it or not? That's really, and if you don't like it, that's fine. I like it. My 10 right. year old likes it. My inner 10 year old likes it. So yeah, that's why it's in existence. Um, so where was I going? Um, uh, I was talking about, oh yeah, being nonverbal. The act yeah. of shooting is nonverbal. Then after a year or two, and I go back through my Lightroom catalog or I look at the prints or I look at, you know, my Flickr or whatever, I, then I can more properly appreciate and maybe chop the picture apart a little bit with our criticism. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell you, you know, where the needle is on the record right now. Cause that's not, that's not my job. Mm-hmm. Somebody else can do that. They don't have to tell me that they doing that, but um, <laughs> I look, I look, I will look back always at my, at my work yeah. to see if it makes sense or whatever, if there's a theme and there, there almost always is. And you can see that evolution. Mm-hmm. If you're mindful of it when you're shooting and that evolution is just going to happen, you start leaving stuff behind and adding new stuff. And I got rid of my Winogrand tilted uh, horizons pretty quick. I got that out of my system. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that was my it, tangent. It, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I, I was thinking back at a lot of the latest stuff I've written and, and very rarely when I write something to go with photos or put photos with my writing, I usually am not writing about the photos at all, you know, in, in, in terms of, uh, mm. breaking them down. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's, it's uh, like, I'm, I just pulled up my site and, and one of the recent articles on there, you know, it's, it's got a collection of photos of just these kind of signs and rundown places and things. Um, in the article, I'm, you know, I don't mention anything about the specific photos. It's more talking about, you know, time marks, you know, time doesn't stop for us. It grinds on that kind of stuff. And, uh-huh. right. you know, talking about an experience, it looks, I don't even remember what I wrote in this thing. And that happens to me a lot, but, um, apparently I was sitting on a patio listening to the leaves or something and had these thoughts about something else. And the photos just kind of had a feel that may or may not match depending on a person, you know, whoever looks at it to me, they clicked. You know, a viewer might look at it and say, well, I, don't, I don't get it, whatever. But the, the thing I liked about your your 10-year-old idea to, to kind of add on to that is when you think about, we always hear, you know, shoot for yourself, 
mm-hmm. you know, make this art for yourself. But we are all savagely critical of our own work in the here and now in this moment. And that can be real hard to work past. And if, if you can embrace that idea that I don't have to impress myself in the here and now, I can just impress myself as a 10-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 20-year-old, whenever you got started, whatever point in time you pick, as that time traveler, like impressing a younger version of yourself, doing something and, and being able to stop and think about it and say, you know what, there's some simple beauty or something simple about this photo or, or, or this body of work, whatever it is, that really is saying a lot more that my current here and now self won't shut up so I can think about it. You know, they're, they're too critical on is the framing right? Is that, you know, what was I trying to say? And, and we get in our heads a lot in the here and now. If, if you look back and, and approach it that way, that's why I loved what you said so much because this is where my mind went right away was when I was 10, 15, 20 even, I, I didn't care about that stuff. I, I never thought for a second about having to have some kind of lofty goal of I've got to create something that's, you know, going to hang in, you know, some fancy gallery somewhere. I never thought like that in that mm-hmm. age. And in embracing that mindset, you suddenly realize like, yeah, this, there's some, it doesn't take much to impress me, you know, and, and, and back then, you know, and, and it's kind of a cool way of approaching it, I think. Yeah. Well, to qualify a little bit, I, I knew that I had to do it. I just didn't know yeah. why. I knew right. I had to get better. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know why, but it was not an overarching, like, you know, people talked about, oh, word, you should become a photographer or whatever. And yeah. I always like, eh, eh. <laughs> and it turned out to be good because when I was in my twenties or whatever, I didn't, I wouldn't have the business savvy to run a yeah. business. I mean, even now, I mean, I'm not right. any kind of a businessman. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy and content with it being a hobby that will, will certainly grow when I go into retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and really looking forward to that, the time where, you know, and it's funny, you, you go out in the street and the only thing you have to worry about is, is the subject in focus? Did I get, you know, yeah. did I get the light right? Um, did that guy beat me up? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that, that I've only had, I've only been shouted at twice in all these years and yeah. like the seven yeah. years that I've been shooting downtown. It's never really you guys, You guys are talking about your inner 10-year-old and I'm thinking like, is it for working me, for you? You're 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 well, not really engaging there. No, no, no. I I I'm my my twelve year old. Uh, I'm trying to think of when, like I started photography, and again, I sort of resonated with what you said, Ward, about the into the thing of photography. You know, get the poly contrast filters and yeah, the paper and the you know the smell of the film, like all that stuff, and then like. I went from college right into a photo agency. Actually, I was in I was in college when I joined the work at a photo agency, and then I think it was only a couple of years into working there that I actually became a stock photographer. And then I got kind of wrapped up in in the whole commercial stock thinking, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when you guys talk about your inner ten year old, I think I have to talk to my inner twenty five year old or sure. something like that. I think I missed a whole big chunk of life just thinking about how do I make a picture look good so that someone's going to buy it? Yeah. You know, and, and sort of losing all sort of creativity in that sense. It, it, it fit fine. Cause it, you know, it's what paid for, you know, these cameras and this place and, you know, like it did its purpose, but, um, it didn't have the, uh, you know, for me, it wasn't a creative, it wasn't really a creative outlet. Um, and so now thinking like if I'm going to go back and talk into time, it might not be as far back as you guys are. It might be a little bit closer. Yeah, but I had a 20 year gap, right? It's the, it's. Well, I think mine was a gap too. This was a gap. I, I mean, yeah. But I you got a lot of can- tools out of it like I did with the dark room, right? You know? Yeah. You know, but again, it's, yeah, I, well, I, I didn't lose skills, right? And I was working all the time with it, but there was something, there was certainly a big, there was a lack. There was a lacking of something. That I that I seem to be gaining now, which I'm really, yeah. you know, very happy about as well. So anyway, it was, you know, it was just sort of popping my brain. That's why I was, um, you know, that not talking to that that far back, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well, but, but a little closer in time. 
it's so. finding that place where you can, whether it's 10 years old, whether it's 25 years old, where you can tap into the, the feeling of creative freedom you had in that moment where it it stopped being technical, or maybe it wasn't to the point where it was technical yet. You know, as a kid, mm -hmm. I didn't start shooting when I was 10 years old or 12 years old. Sure, my parents had uh, 35-millimeter point-and-shoots and, and Kodak 110s and things like that, but I didn't, I didn't <laughs> pick up a camera. My first camera, I was... Uh, it was a, an Olympus 35 millimeter super zoom point and shoot that I got oh. when I was 17, because <laughs> um, I went on a trip to New Zealand and, I, and my parents I wanted something and they said, "Well, get your own for your birthday or whatever it was." And that was my first camera and I, I played around with it a little, but I didn't start shooting seriously until I was in my early 20s. And so for me, going back to that 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 10 year old, 12 year old, 15 year old, whatever it is, it's more tapping into the. <laughs> I, I hate to say irresponsibility but that creative freedom really where you just it didn't cross my mind to overanalyze anything it was just like I, I i enjoyed doing something i want to be the best i can be at whatever it is you know driven but i'm not worried about impressing you know mm -hmm. the internet or, or whoever <laughs> it might be and, and to me that's where it was more of a a call back to those times i think yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we yeah. might have gotten our, you know, the best out of this subject for the moment. I just realized the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it flew. <laughs> it did fly. Um, how do I wrap this up? How do I wrap this up? Um, I don't know. Got me thinking about this. I, I actually like to continue this conversation or at least sure. something further about this because um i i think i'm i, I for myself i i want to get something from this like i'm getting mm -hmm. something from this like i'm getting this idea like maybe i want to start a journal maybe i want to start a photo journal from this how do i use my inner voice in my photographs right um how is what is the difference between my spoken word photo and my written word photo and and this idea of even looking back at photographs that I've already done and, and what voices are, are coming from that uh, or what, you know, where did I place that? So it, it, it's something that I think that this is, this conversation could, could keep going mm -hmm. uh, somehow. Um, but I do want to keep an eye on the time here. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably talk for another hour. Well, absolutely. I think. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Uh, any, any final thoughts, Ward, on this? Just No, I think we, I think Stephen Shore was a good jumping off point for this discussion. I think so too. He, yeah. yeah. Because of, you know, he resonates with us, uh, in different ways and, uh, and he presents himself in a way that's kind of unexpected for an artist photographer of his stature. So yeah, he's a I good agree. accessible place to start. Mm-hmm. And I'll make sure to to link the like I said those videos in the uh, in the show notes. Um, I think it's worthwhile for anybody to watch uh, and pick up his book. And again, I'm always about this: like, get the book. Don't look at the stuff on the internet. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> get a book. I don't care what book you get. Right. Just get a book. Don't look at don't look at stuff on the internet. It, it's not bad if you can't get the book. You, yes, of course. Look at the pictures. Of the internet. Well, anyway, uh, Dave, thanks. Thank you so much for giving oh my us pleasure. your time. So, yeah, my pleasure. It's Thanks great to hear your me. voice. In my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, it's it's jumbled and confused and rambling most of the time, but <laughs> I'm always happy to happy to chat. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. So, how can uh, tell us uh, how we can find you? Well, in the world? two two easiest places. Everything I do is uh, with AIC Stories. So, AICStories.com or at AIC Stories online. Um, social media wise in terms of, um, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. If you want to see the photo work, I, I post that stuff uh, under just my name on Instagram, David Swiduck or easiest place. Just go to usuallydave.com, which is my, oh, okay. my photo website where I tend to write and, and occasionally post those, those essays over on the unusual collective too. So. All right. So thanks for joining. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. This was a blast. And huh? It was, yeah. 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 And it and it, it can continue when we stop recording. Nobody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Ward, so where are we finding you, obviously? In these um, most days. of my stuff you're going to find on uh, Ward Rosen Fine Art on Instagram. I'm also Ward Rosen Photography on Facebook. And I have my photography site where Mark Ryerson and I are still selling the rodeo book at rosen.ca. And I'll give you the link for the blog post about my uh, hometown. Oh, good. Am okay. I revisiting? It's on that site, and that's rosen.ca. That's and uh, our okay, sorry. Oh, and, the, and our unofficial unofficial uh, sponsor, sponsor. <laughs> yeah. is dot photo o r n i s dot photo. Um, ordering a shipment this week uh, to be ready for um, uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Hopefully, I'll oh have, yeah, uh, some okay. stock in for that. Any point zero nine five lenses? Point zero nine five, yes, a fifty five zero nine five. I'm contemplating bringing in. Okay. And I'm also going to bring in some novelty stuff. That eighteen millimeter five six fixed aperture body cap thing. I want to try that. Just okay. Just because I don't have an eighteen millimeter lens and I only got fifty bucks for one, so <laughs> so there. <laughs> hey, you try it. Yeah. Anyway. All right, and thanks for joining. Um, thanks My for pleasure. joining us. You, yeah, and. Uh, where can you find me? I'm at AM Rosario on Twitter and um, uh, Instagram and Rosario Photo on Facebook and amrosario.com is my website. What else do I have? Oh, and Unusual Collective, which is Unusual Collective. Is it the Unusual Collective? Unusual Collective dot photography. photography. Yeah. Yeah, and we can see our essays and, and, and stuff. And I think they I, I did say we need to add more to that. I really want to do that. But maybe after this show... Uh, got me thinking about um, revisiting the written word in relationship to my pictures too. So, um, didn't didn't you also start the Instagram for the show? I I, I did. Oh, for the show, I did start the yeah. Instagram for the show. Yes, I remember I followed uh, <laughs> you. So I was thinking, wait a minute, <laughs> and I've already forgotten the address. I forgot the address. I'll put the link on the in the show notes, but I forgot what what our name is. I mean, I'm guessing it's at unusual. Um, no, I, no, 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 collective. For, no, no. Street no. shots I'm talking about. Street shots. Oh, street shots. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry, you got me. Yeah, we do have an unusual yeah, street shots. It's at, it's at street shots podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens when I work 95? I lose my brain. I so. hear you. Yeah. Well, thank you for that uh, the reminder. Yes, we did start an Instagram account, and uh, actually, I think I'll, we'll we'll put the we'll put pictures from this uh, that post in this show on that uh, on that feed. So that'll be good. So Dave, you need to send me some pictures, and Ward, you need to send me some. Pictures. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Anyway, guys, thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for such a great show tonight. Thank it was great you. seeing you guys because yeah. we're looking at each other, and it was great hearing your voices in my head <laughs> and I hope my voice in your head was pleasant as well absolutely alright so say goodnight say goodnight Gracie <laughs> okay bye man I'll see you guys later we'll, we'll see, see you, you. bye 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 <laughs>